the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day and welcome in. Rob Black in your money. Another day, another dollar. Show dedicated to trying to get you to retirement. Wake up and start saving more. It's 2019. Big event coming up. Palo Alto Elks Lodge. What a great location. Easy parking, easy to get to. 630 to 830 Thursday, the 24th. CFP Chad Burton will be there from New Focus Financial. You can find out more about the event and sign up at the event at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward today. Um, What we're going to talk about, do you see signs of recession? Because I I think the fourth quarter last year, especially around December, people started getting a little bit um, talking about the recession 2019, 2020, and starting a little bit more bullet point with it. What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, there's so many, the idea that, oh, we're going through an economic slowdown, the Fed's just going to raise interest rates blindly. Um, was a little bit silly, and that kind of showed to be true as the Fed's after we had a market pullback and we started to see softer, less signs of growth. They they calmed us and said we're probably not going to raise rates four times next year. Um, we had you know steep pullback from some really high highs where the market had rallied you know nearly nine percent for the year between May and September, and then it pulled back twenty. But Let's put this in perspective a little bit. Since Christmas Eve, we've had a 12.5% rally on small cap stocks in the Russell 2000. We've had an 8.5% rally in the S&P 500. International developed stocks, despite Brexit, up 6.8% since Christmas Eve. And emerging markets, up 5.7% since Christmas Eve, despite you know trade issues. So whether or not we have a recession in 2019, 2020, it doesn't really matter. The thing that you can't do is panic or emotionally invest during downturns because people forgot about tax loss selling. People that panicked during that correction and pulled out in December, they're, they're having a tough time right now, right? They've missed out on an increase. Um, you know, with that said, we have had a nice increase from the bottom. So if you're way too aggressively positioned for your point in life, you know, if you're five years from retirement, 100% in stocks, it's it's probably a good time to make an adjustment now. Um, and then I guess we can talk whether or not we see signs of recessions or not, because they come and go. It doesn't really matter. It's preparing your retirement portfolio for a recession. That, that means that you don't have to sell during the downturns. That's what is going to get you through retirement. Not timing the market. But making sure you don't have to sell during a downturn, that's what's going to make your retirement okay. So <clears throat> we're talking about 401Ks and start of the New Year's, and do you change your portfolio in front of a recession that may or may not happen? What do you think about auto balance 
um, just not even worrying about the economy and just hitting that little feature that it automatically balances your portfolio for you, and which a lot of 401ks still have. Yeah, I think that's a great way to go when you're 20, 30, 40 years old, for sure. In fact, if you're wondering, okay, how am I allocated versus the pros? Um, you know, if you're going to retire in 2050, 2060, then you should pull up those funds. Look at Fidelity Vanguard T. Rowe Price. Compare the asset allocation in those 2050, 2060 funds and what they own in large cap growth, large cap value, small cap growth, small cap value, international emerging markets, all of those asset classes. Compare with the professional zone to what you own. Um, and once you correct your pie chart, yeah, setting it up so it rebalances quarterly, what that means is that it's setting your contributions to buy what's on sale and peeling growth off of the top that has gone a little bit too far too fast, maybe. And so it's a non-emotional way to invest, and anytime you can peel emotional out of investing, you're going to be better off in the long run. Sounds pretty good. Is there anything else that we need to hit on, or just uh, plug the seminar? Uh, no, the, the seminar is great. I mean, the, the if we look at what the signs of recession are, you've got that inverted yield curve on the two and five year. The bigger one is if the yield curve inverts where two year bonds are paying more than ten year bonds. Um, but we also have a weird situation with the Federal Reserve unwinding its balance sheet. Um, manufacturing. Uh, readings are showing, you know, slowdowns, but we also have a trade issue. These things can turn around very quickly. I think more what we're expecting probably in the next two years is that the comparables for stocks and the earnings that they've achieved in the last several years, it's just going to be harder to beat. Right. So the numbers are going to look more mediocre even than the economy's doing okay. And yet we're creating more profit uh, because of those tax cuts and situations like that. So it's all... A matter of perspective. Um, big event coming up on the 24th. That's right around the corner. It's a Thursday evening, 630 to 830. Who's ideal for coming to an event like that, Chad? Well, it's, it's not really for the wealth builder. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, how to add to a 401k or it, it's, it's, you're going to kind of be bored. What this is for is you've been saving already. Uh, you think you're about 10 years from retirement. You think you, you're on track to saving enough to retire within the next 10 years or you're in retirement, and you're wondering, where do I get each dollar? I've got cash, I've got taxable accounts, I've got Roths, I've got 401ks, I've got a new tax cut that happened in 2017. Where do I get my money with the cheapest amount of tax possible? Um, and how do I shelter myself from market events, from the recessions that occur every five to seven years? Um, this is That's the event for you. So especially if this correction affected you, you know, you lost sleep, you made an emotional investment decision, uh, and you're trying to figure out how to avoid that. And part of that's just having a good plan in place for when these things happen. Sounds good. We will see you there. It's Thursday, the 24th of January, right around the corner. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And when you're there, you can see some downloadables about retirement and income building and wealth management um, and read a little bit more about what the seminar has to offer. It's the Elks Lodge on the 24th, Thursday. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get on in. Now, changing topics ever so slightly, we all know about Netflix and how they make this service of all these movies that you could watch anytime you want to watch them, right? Then you turn the page and you say, well, we also know about music. So we've got music and movies 
these are things that we spend on maybe you go to one movie a month or six movies a year and you can do the math and figure out if the service is going to be good for you or not. We're going to save money versus cable or going out or with music. How many CDs were you buying per year? The music industry kind of hit a home run on this one because we were buying fewer and fewer albums and we were stealing the music. Napster let us feel like, well, if it's a digital file and it's not like I actually went into a store and stole it. Well, the next one that's coming out and there will be some investments here is Microsoft is building a service for video games. How many video games do your kids buy a year? Or how many do you buy? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke your kids. Microsoft is building a service that tends to be the Netflix for games. The service is currently called Project X Cloud. They describe it as shorthanded Netflix for games. The idea is play high-quality blockbuster games on any device, thus Netflix for games. As 5G rolls out, we're going to see some <clears throat> pretty interesting things. Blazing speed. It'll take years for it to play out, in my opinion. I remember when 3G was being promised, and it took another five years on top of that to really get our phones going to where we wanted them to, and then it was still disappointing compared to the, the demos. But, uh... Video games is going to be a little bit more demanding because of the, how many times you have to be precise. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RORADIO25. See you there. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Stocks open today with some modest gains, but got a little bit more upbeat. Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, United Continental all reported better than expected earnings, and they didn't really cast much of a pall on the market with any of their forecasts going forward. There's a U.K. government overwhelming defeat on its plans for leaving the European Union continue to confront investors. Oh, England, England, England. What up with the Queen? What up with that queen? She doesn't eat pizza. That bothers me. This is exactly what goes on my head, inside my head, when I think about Wimbledon or the queen or England. So, thank you so much. Barron's Magazine does something that I, I kind of truly dig. They do a roundtable at the beginning of the year of just all-stars. They are all that in a bucket of chicken. These are the king's kings, so to speak, of investing. Jeff Gunlock, Abby Joseph Cohen, Oscar Schaefer, Mario Gabelli, Scott Black, William Priest, Henry Ellen Bogan, Merrill Whitmer, Todd Ashton. So the 2019 Barron's Roundtable is a piece that I always look forward to, like I said. I think 2018 was pretty disappointing. We had a great start and a horrible finish. Volatility spiked. Stocks sank. We put 2018 behind us. What was the big key takeaways? When you read the roundtable episode, it typically takes two weeks to get it all in, sometimes three. They sit down with these guys and ask them you know, various questions. And I... I want to save you some time. I want to be your crib sheet, so to speak. 
one of the things that came out was beware growing mountain of debt. Jeffrey Gunlock, the CEO of Double Line Capital, he set the table when he talked about corporate debt rising, federal debt rising, student debt rising, mortgage debt rising problems. At some point in time, you have to pay for those. There's problems with debt broadly. I keep hearing the president say that this is the strongest economy ever, which is not true because it's all debt driven. Let's cut spending. Let's, let's cut taxes and, and keep, let them keep more of their money. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to spend it. So debt is an issue. It's a good economy. It's not a great economy, as the president states. The trade war with China was another topic that came out of the Barron's Roundtable. The ongoing tariff dispute between the United States and China, the, the effects have started to hit manufacturing supplies. It's leading to earnings disappointments and more problems for stocks. President Donald Trump and President Xi Jinping of China will resolve the trade war sometime in 2019, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, there's real problems with regard to China and the poor protection of intellectual property rights, and China's going to become the largest economy in the world. One side that I do sit with the president is sometimes it is important to update trade agreements, because when we made a lot of our trade agreements with China, they were, a top, they were in the top 10 world economies, and now they're going to be the top economy. There should be some reciprocity on consumption or expectations of can't be all you, 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 you. But uh, certainly the way the president goes about negotiating feels odd to me. Another big topic of Barron's 2019 roundtable was the disruption in tech. 31% of the S&P 500 companies are under threat of displacement, which has affected earnings multiples. Threat is coming from the big platform companies and companies that enable other companies to move quickly and compete better. Big tech firms are tying into nearly every aspect of business in our society now. So technological disruption is deflationary. It drags down wages and prices. It's led to increasing concerns about job stability and economic growth in the U.S. and abroad. It'll be important to invest in companies that can really pull away from the pack, take advantage of change. The roundtable basically said in the next 10 years, you're going to see some tech companies really hit other industries. Like just think, for instance, if Amazon does get into insurance, medical insurance for more than just their employees. I could see them totally trying to fund it themselves, right? But then you get into the whole insurance angle as well. And how, what can they disrupt? I'll tell you what, if I'm an insurance salesperson, I'm worried about Amazon. And that disruption could lead to a job loss. You didn't have to be a rocket scientist to sell health insurance. You didn't have to be a rocket scientist to sell medical insurance. Now it's more of an issue. Another big topic out of the roundtable that came out was social unrest and the spread of populism. Whether it's France's yellow vests, whether it's Britain's Brexit vote, whether it's the rapidly disappearing American middle class, and Democrats introducing a $15 wage for federal employees just recently. You got some disturbing socioeconomic trends. Democracy flowers when living standards are rising along it, but democracy turns into a problem when people lose a sense of their home or lose a sense of job security or the prospects for growth just aren't there. And you could amp it up with social media networks like Facebook spreading the, the, the message of the haves and the have-nots so quickly and so smoothly. It's not a surprise that France is yellow vests and they're a social unrest group basically saying, stop the pro-business strategies government. Let's do some pro-people for a while. Britain's Brexit vote, 
I still don't understand. It seems like we pulled a fast one on the voters or something like that had to have happened. Because as soon as it happened, they didn't like it. So no recession was also what the roundtable said. And these are some of the brightest minds in money. Abby Joseph Cohen, Mario Gabelli, Scott Black, Jeff Gunlock. Anytime I hear Jeff Gunlock's going to be on anything, I, I pay attention. He's somebody that would be a good for a Google News alert. Pretty smart guy, in my opinion. And then you get into uh, Todd Alston, for instance. But the final topic that came out of the roundtable, and again, you know, mountain of debt for corporate debt, trade war with China, disruption in tech, social unrest, and the spread of populism through tech companies like Twitter and tech companies like Facebook. Are they really tech companies or are they media companies, right? But the final topic that they hit was no recession yet. Um, a lot of gloomy discussion. A lot of people expect the U.S. economy to slip into a recession this year. I think a lot of it's going to deal with the China-U.S. trade war, and I think a lot of it's going to deal with the federal government shutdown, how long it goes on. The longer those problems linger, the, the faster the chance of a recession. And recessions aren't a bad thing. You learn more about what's in the mind of Rob Black by coming to the big event January 24th, Thursday, in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 when you sign up for the event. I'll see you there. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Investing is super important in my opinion. Are you with me against me? Investing is super important, um, but earning more money is part of the equation, and sometimes saving money is super important. One area that you get into a lot of trouble, in my opinion, is when you start doing the wrong things to earn more, save more, invest more, right? Sometimes the wrong things are bad marriages, where you're just so passionate and in love that you want to spend money on, you know, experiences. Marrying someone who's not an investor saver. So that's kind of out there. Credit cards are an area that you can go in reverse as well. And I like credit cards. And I didn't like credit cards when I was 20. I wasn't wise enough. Putting credit cards in the hands of a kid can be kind of dangerous and kind of stupid. Putting credit in front of a child... And then I, I think you're a child until you're 25 now at this point. Some people like being a child until they're 35. But um, there's something called a secured, secured credit card. If you're a parent, I highly say look into it, where you give your kid a credit card on training wheels. Not only is that awesome, like it's $1,000, you send it into the bank, and it automatically comes, his minimums automatically come out, or his, he pays the whole thing every month kind of thing. That's, that's awesome. It builds credit. And it doesn't get you in the situation where you can miss a credit payment. Now, again, I, I think it's irresponsible as parents to not have expectations for kids. I think it's irresponsible of a parent to send a kid to a college with a credit card and assume that they're going to know what to do with it. Some people are much more financially mature than others, right? Some people aren't. I find it despicable that colleges let credit card companies on the campus to hawk their their 25% annual credit costs, like, did you just tell me the interest rate's 25%? Like, yeah. 
but it's got the University of Georgia's logo on it, or it's got some sort of affinity, right? I'm not an affinity guy. I don't want to have a San Jose Sharks credit card where every time you buy tickets, it's a special deal. I'd rather get the the 3% off travel. I'd rather get the 2% cash back on groceries because groceries are a category that no credit card seems to get quite right. But that's okay. We spend a lot of money on this kind of stuff. And I've got so many points that when I say goodbye to radio and television, maybe my wife and family, right? When I say goodbye to all this, I want to go on a vacation. And now here's the kicker. I want to use those rewards sooner rather than later because terms sometimes change. So the Capital One Saver Cash Reward Credit Card, it's an interesting one for me. It's not as expensive as the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which I tend to like for airline tickets, hotels, and restaurants, grocery and roast restaurants. But there's a better deal out there if you're just a foodie and not necessarily a traveler. And again, there's some, like if you're just a hotel person, Hilton has some of the best rewards on their credit cards, and they accumulate fast. And if you do a sign-up bonus, you tend to get like free stays. I love that. Nothing better than free. Maybe maybe making love, sweet love, in a free hotel room to your spouse like that might be better than free, right? Woo! I know you're saying, does it have? A, does it come with a jacuzzi? Because if it comes with a jacuzzi, I'm not getting in. That's a wise idea. So the Capital One Saver Cash Reward Credit Card is really a bullet shot into people who may like live in San Francisco and eat out every single night. That kind of person who's always going to restaurants, it's 4% back on dining. Now, mine that I currently have, Chase Sapphire Preferred, it's 3% back on restaurants. Now, the Capital One Cash Rewards credit card, 4% back on dining, 2% back at grocery stores. So every time you're buying dinner, let's say you hate tipping 15%. Well, now you're tipping 11% because you're getting 4% back, right? <coughs> Boy, what was that? I got, I got the black lug pop. What was so the Capital One about? Saver, and it's Saver, S-A-V-O-R. Take a look at it. You get $500 in bonus cash after you use the card for $3,000 in purchases. And you got to do that within three months, so you got to be a spender, right? The card comes with no foreign transaction fees, and the bonus earnings tiers work for overseas purchases as well. I think it's a pretty good card for somebody who's more of a bullet shot. Now, if you're someone who's more of a, I, I travel and eat well. I travel into restaurants. I like the, the Chase Sapphire Preferred because it's 450 bucks for annual, but it gives you $300 back on travel costs. So it's 150 Now, this card has a $75 annual fee after the first year, but the first year it's waived. But when you're getting that $500 bonus cash, you can see it's kind of paid for itself for four or five years, right? You get the 4% back on dining. Woohoo, that's gravy. You also get 1% back on all other purchases when you can't go through your purse or your wallet fast enough to find the credit card. Actually, it's not a $75 annual fee. It's 95 So I'd say two to three years, this is a good run. Now, again, that's going to lower your credit score because I'm getting you a new card, and it's going to show your average age of credit. It's going to look at all your credit lines, and it's going to say, uh-oh, one of them is one day old. Now, you've got that one that's 15 years old, and it was wise not to close that account. Should I close my old credit card account? I haven't used it in 10 years. No, you should use it on occasion because that gives you a better credit score, having a nice old one to blend with the new baby puppy ones. So 
I've got an Amazon card that gives me 5% back on all my spending. I recently just dumped $1,000 into, I guess, my holiday spending or something like that. Every month, Amazon sends me things like toilet paper and paper towels. So I'm, I'm regularly getting 5% off, right, on some of the goods, household goods. So I like that. I have an Amazon card. I got the Chase Sapphire card. I might go with a Capital One Savor because it's 4%. percent i have to look. It's not that hard to do. At the end of the year, your credit card typically sends you all the rewards you earn that year. You can take a look at the difference between 4% and, 5, and 3%. And again, if you skew towards restaurants, maybe the Capital One Saver is better for you. If you skew towards travel and restaurants, airplane tickets, maybe it's Chase Sapphire Preferred. The one that I use for you know, the Capital One Saver is 1% back when you, you know, do things like Walmart or uh, big box stores, Walmart or Target. So when you're doing that 1%, I say, no way. If I go to Target, I've got a, a Target red card that gives me 5% off. I know you're saying, your wallet's kind of complicated, Rob. I like that about you. It is kind of complicated. And again, it's all about how much you save. And if you can save 1% to 4% more, if I could put my mortgage on credit, I would. But there's some sort of law that says you can't pay off credit with credit. Uh, some people do get around that. So sometimes, like, when the IRS says, hey, you owe another $700, Rob, you forgot to include this. That's how I typically get audited. They come back and they go, well, you said you did this, but we see this, and you forgot to include this. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fair. And, uh, if I, you know, sometimes the credit card companies, not the credit card companies, but sometimes, like, the federal government or the state of California will let you do a credit card transaction, but typically it's, like, at a 2% cost. So right then I'd use the 2% credit card if you're keeping my draft. Um, or you could transfer it straight from your bank and not incur any fees. Well, that's not a lot of fun now, is it? So Snap, speaking about having no fun, they've lost 20 executives in the last two years. 20 high-ranking employees. And this was a big one. Today they announced that CFO Tim Stone, who joined in May 2018, is resigning. Snap and the resignation did not have to do with disagreements over the company's practices, finances, or otherwise. And that's what they said. But why, why are so many people leaving so fast from Snap? It's the Titanic, Captain. This ship is built to last. Oh, Tough English steel. So Stone, who started as CFO in May 2018, follows a host of other executives who have fled. President of Communication, Mary Ritty. Previous finance head, Andrew Valero. Valero. Whoa, 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 whoa. Vice President of Monetization Engineering, Stuart Bowers. Stone was the executive who was expected to kind of breathe some adultness into Snap because some of the decisions the company's made has not been very wise, and it's been very, um, well, we're going to make the change, and if, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Boy, when Snap made the change, people did not like it. And they pissed off one of the Jenner girls. Kylie Jenner or Kyrie or one of that one of them. And when she goes on Instagram and says, I'm quitting Snap because it's stupid, the redesign's awful. Uh-oh. Don't be set in your ways, Evan Spiegel. Snap said Stone plans to pursue other opportunities and will continue in the role through the company's full year 2018. So Snap is not doing well. Down 11% today, under 6 bucks a share. I'm not going to say it is what it is, but it is... Everyone now with me. It is what it is. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 
You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Big event coming up July, January 24th. January 24th. January 24th. Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It's a retirement income, wealth preservation kind of event. You can find more information by going to Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Use code Radio25 to get it for free. That's Radio25. When it's raining in San Francisco, it's snowing in Tahoe. That's how I think. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So not looking forward to the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Maroon 5? Is that the best we could pull for our Super Bowl? Our bowl de super? Whoa. Our above average bowl? So Snap's getting hit today. I think that's kind of a, a sad story, but it shows you that success or failure starts at the top, right? When you have 20 top-level employees leave over a two-year period, uh, they're kind of like the rat. So Burger King is trolling Donald Trump. And I love Burger King because they're, they're run by a guy who clearly has a sense of humor on product, like the black bun hamburger made with squid ink or whatever it is. They like messing with your urine so that when you eat their food in special times, it turns funny colors. I know you're saying, does someone really write that for you? <laughs> no, it's what they do. So he's the Twitterer-in-chief, President Donald Trump. We've never had an executive of the United States Twitter as much. It's pretty insane. So the president massed a food smorgasbord this week serving Burger King, McDonald's, and Wendy's to the Clemson Tigers football team. Um, he made one mistake. He says, because of the shutdown, I served the massive amounts of fast food I paid. Over a thousand hamburgers. Within one hour, it was all gone. Great guys and big eaters. Um, he typoed hamburger into hamburger. I find that funny. If you're going to be the president, you're going to tweet... Spell check it. Now I, I've drunken, I've drunken texted. I, 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 I'm guilty of. Oh my god, what does that try? What, were you, what word were you trying to get to put together there? I, I got big fingers. I got a small phone. Right. So Burger King tweets out: Due to a large order place yesterday, we're all out of hamburgers. Just serving hamburgers today, and I find that kind of funny. Now, what I found really funny is. President Trump is going to make Taco Bell pay for it all. Okay, so who paid for the Burger King McDonald's? Oh, my. It's crickets out there today. It's crickets, I tell you. Why was Taco Bell left out? Does the president hate Taco Bell? Yo quiero Taco Bell. He's going to make Taco Bell pay for it all. Anyway, um, everyone's on laughing about how he has the typos. Let's just hope one day he doesn't like do a typo tie towards nuclear uh, Russia. Just wanted to let you know. Just nuked Russia. And like, is that a typo? Did he try to type in hamburgers instead of nuke? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, change the topic, Rob. You're bombing right now. It's not good. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Talking about the stock market right now. Um, Bank of America and Goldman Sachs had great numbers. And it's kind of a, a nice sigh of relief because you want the banks to do well. If you want the economy to do well, they lend money 
They do business transactions. They close deals. All of that equals to economic activity. So Bank of America's 5% higher. Goldman Sachs is 3% higher. United Continental had an upbeat earnings report. I will not fly United unless my life has no other choices. Just don't like it. Just don't like it. Big big merger and acquisition. Fiserv and First Data. You want to hear weird? 20 years ago, I was looking at First Data and Fiserv. Because Fiserv does a lot of the roads that trans- financial transactions travel on, like Visa Network, like Visa MasterCard. And First Data did a lot of um, terminals, like uh, ATM machines and things. And we, got, we went through this phase where it seems like every little store would put in an ATM. And that played right into this trend of you know, more transactions without cash. And um, you know, swipe the card, swipe the card, swipe the card, get your money, make $3 fee. So there's a fourth quarter warning issued by Ford. That's a little bit of a downer. Ford's working with uh, Volkswagen, Volkswagen, Wundergaven. Um, which I don't understand. I'll try to fix it and figure it out. It's what makes a car a Volkswagen. Farfanugan. Don't trust Germany. My, my friends from France once told me that. So Nordstrom, they had an upbeat. Macy's had a downbeat. Whoa. You still have the government shut down in the news. You still have the political maelstorm going on with the Prime Minister... May's Brexit plans out of the UK. No confidence there. U.S. economy might economy might be slowing. The S and P 500 is up 4.1 percent this month. It's up 11 percent since it's low on December 24. Woo! U.S. economy might be slowing, but it's not a recession. That's what we know. The market was too pessimistic in December, discounting a lot lower earnings growth, which we did get lower earnings growth, but not a lot lower. Slowdown unfolding in China and the United States is going to motivate both countries to get a trade deal done, hopefully, by March 1. The Fed put has been resuscitated, evidenced by Fed Chair Powell's vocal pivot to watching market signals closely and embracing a more patient-minded approach to monetary policy. So we got what could be good times. That's not the news of awful. It's not the news of boisterous. So the stock market got a lot faster as far as momentum going up and down in the end of 2018. Isn't it weird when you go, man, I lived all the way to 2019, and then you go back to like 1982, and you're like, wow, I wonder what that's going to be like, flying cars? There's no flying cars yet. So we saw import prices month over month were down six-tenths of a percent. Not a lot of news there. The key takeaway is that there wasn't a lot of inflation in the import exports, so not a lot of alarm bells for the Federal Reserve. Big event coming up January 24th, Thursday, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show or Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get it free. I'd love to see you there. I'll be talking about my outlook. If you've been to more than one or two of these, you're wasting your time because it's very repetitive on what you need to do in retirement. But I'd love to see you there. And you can go to Rob Black Show Thursday, the 24th of January, 6.30 to 8.30. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.